0: This is Voices of COVID-19. I'm Brian Lucas, thanks for joining us. The coronavirus is, in many ways, putting a spotlight on the best of humanity. People who are on the front lines, who are putting their own health at risk to protect and serve our communities. That's the America that rises to the challenge for a greater good. Unfortunately, the pandemic is also shining a light on some of the worst parts of our society inequities, and racism that have always been a part of our country and have proven to be more difficult to eliminate than any virus. Fueled in part by inflammatory words from the president, COVID-19 is fanning flames of racism, in this case aimed primarily at Asian Americans. Trump's repeated use of the term Chinese virus has prompted social media, verbal, and even physical attacks on people across the country who are of Asian descent. Joining me to talk about her experience is Michelle Liu. Michelle is currently finishing her freshman year at Hamilton College in New York, but rather than spending her spring on campus with her classmates, she, like other students across the country, is doing e-learning and studying from home. But for Michelle, her sadness about having her freshman year cut short is only part of her COVID-19 story. She's also been exposed to the hatred and racism that this pandemic seems to be fueling. With that, I'd like to welcome Michelle to this discussion. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: The first thing I'd want to ask is just a check for right now for where you are and where you're living. Can you give me an update, just from your perspective, about how things are going with the quarantine levels and stay at home orders? What's it like where you live?
1: My family moved to New Jersey, so I'm currently in New Jersey, and we're pretty close to New York City, which is one of the worst places, the most number of cases of coronavirus in the United States. At home, it isn't too bad, but I live in an apartment building and I see a lot of people moving around and leaving. I think at first, I just saw a lot of people going out and running or like going to the park and there were a lot of cars on the highway and everything, but I've been home for about a month already and so I think in these past few days... People are starting to realize that if we don't do something about it now, it's just going to prolong. It's slowly starting to get to people's heads, but I don't think it's at the rate that it needs
0: to be. Now, you were at college when everything started to get really serious. How did that roll out while you were there? And when did it become apparent that this was going to be something that was going to change your freshman year?
1: The news about the virus started... um, It broke out, I think, late January or something. And I knew it was in Asia or at least like East Asia. So China, Japan, Korea. Then I started hearing cases about the US and Europe. And I was like, oh, I've like seen some news about this and it doesn't seem to be harmful towards younger people. And so I wasn't too worried about it. I think I just treated it as like a common flu and then once I started to realize it was like serious, was when I think one by one that school start, started shutting down. And I was like, it's quite likely that Hamilton's going to shut down. When the president finally released his final email saying that we will be going online, the seniors were the most sad, obviously, because they get to miss out on their graduation, their last few weeks of college. But I think for the freshmen, it was kind of sad as it was our first year of college, and there were a lot of hugs and crying on campus. It was really emotional. A lot of people still had hoped that we were going to come back, myself included. But now, sitting here a month after I got back from school, it's not getting
0: better. People talk a lot about seniors in high school and seniors in college, but you know, when I try to put myself in your place, freshman year in college is a big deal. And it's the start of a really special experience. And now it got cut short. I'm just curious, how did you place that? And how have you handled that reality as you've had to switch to online school?
1: It was hard at first, because I went to boarding school for high school. And so coming back and having to do work at home it was it was weird for my mind to adjust because I wasn't used to that but I definitely recognize that I have a privilege among others to have a laptop stable wi-fi a quiet space to work and like some other students don't get the privilege of that I think there was an article written about this it was between two students one student who went back to her summer house in Maine and it was like stable wi-fi a nice house by the beach and then another girl, she had to go back to her family's food truck and like, do her work there, where the Wi-Fi wasn't too stable, and she would, didn't really have a quiet space to work. And so I feel like in that sense, college really levels out. You know, you eat in the same place, you sleep in the same kind of beds, and so in that situation, you don't really see the inequality that goes on in people's lives. And so this COVID nineteen really exposed inequality we have among our classmates. It's a harsh reality. And so we need to be able to recognize that.
0: And then there's also the, just the social element of being at college and and you can't replicate that obviously through zoom meetings and that kind of thing. Um, How has that been?
1: I really miss my roommates, especially I've grown a lot closer to them in the process. And I think it's hard not being able to see them every day I still call my roommates on maybe like a weekly basis. It's really hard. With roommates, you know, you grow, you get such a close bond to them. Well, in my case, I grew really close to my roommates. We got lunch and dinners together. We went to different events together. We did basically everything together. And so it's just weird having to go to school, but without the benefits of seeing your friends and your roommates.
0: Your family is from China and you have some family and friends in China. Can you give me a little perspective in terms of the early days of this and watching it roll out there and watching that country's response to this? What perspective did that give you on the way that countries need to mobilize around this kind of threat?
1: I can't really give a good explanation on how it first rolled in China, but as it got worse and worse, I just heard... My mom, my uncle talking about, you know, like, we can't be able to see my grandmother and we can't go out on the streets. The way the government handled this is very, it's really awful. I think when it first broke out, there were a few doctors. I think there were a group of doctors who were examining this COVID-19. They found some new information and they wanted to spread it to WeChat, which is one of China's like most popular um, social media apps. And so he wanted to share with his friends or family. And then I think the government contacted him and just said, oh, you can't release this information. Like, we don't know if it's true. And it's like around the time of Chinese New Year, we don't want to alarm other people, especially when it's this time of like celebration. That's why the coronavirus really spread throughout China, because people were going back to their hometowns. People were traveling back and forth, you know, kissing, hugging, having family celebrations. So that's also how it broke out. The majority of the fault is at the Chinese government, but I also feel like European and American government policies weren't strict enough and they didn't enforce it fast enough to prevent this virus from spreading. But that's just my personal opinion.
0: One of the interesting things about this pandemic, I think, is the way that it brings out, in some ways, the best of people in terms of... You know, healthcare workers and even restaurant workers and grocery store employees and all these people who are trying so hard to help us through this and putting their own safety at risk to do it. But it also exposes really negative parts of our society. And I think that you have experienced some of that in terms of the backlash that has happened with Asian Americans getting strangely targeted by people in this country can you talk a little bit about your experience with that part of society
1: i'm lucky enough to not experience any like verbal assault on the streets or anything i did receive a message from some person i don't know who he is and i don't know how he got my um social media he sent me a message that said go back to china and tell these can i swear sure and tell these fucks to stop eating dogs and bats you dirty motherfuckers
0: Ugh. Exactly. I, I can't imagine what it was like when you got that. Do you mind telling me like, what went through your mind when you opened that?
1: To be honest, I wasn't surprised. I think that's the saddest part is that whenever you speak your mind about something or whenever you are involved in some sort of activism or just spreading awareness, there will always be people who will look down on you and try to break your spirit so part of me was just my heart kind of broke for him.
0: For the person that sent it to you? Yeah,
1: sort of. Like, I can't believe he would take the time to find me and send me this horrible message just to make me feel bad. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: It kind of makes sense, but you have a little more empathy than I think I would if I got a message like that.
1: I feel bad for myself that I had to get that message, but I feel bad for him that he's not aware of of what that means to Asian people. And I think I'm just sad that he didn't get to grow up with, wasn't able to be exposed to different cultures.
0: Well, it breaks my heart that you got that message. I'm so sorry about that.
1: I was just so angry and hurt that someone would say this. And and I already knew that it was happening to people around um, in the nation. You know, like people stopped going to like Chinese restaurants and saying like, oh, like they're going to have the coronavirus or they're going to serve me dogs or like bats or whatever. Chinese people just walking around on the street, just minding their own business and they get slurs and um, racist attacks thrown at them. And there's been like physical assault. Um, I mentioned the woman in Brooklyn, New York, who got acid dumped on her. There was another incident in Texas. I think a Filipino man and his son went into a grocery store and- someone like stabbed him and his son um, it was really awful just just for being Asian you know and for me I'm not even scared of the virus anymore because I know I probably could recover from it easily but I'm most scared of is just being attacked or just being just being ass- verbally assaulted or ass- like physically assaulted just because I'm Asian and that's how I look they don't care if I've been to China. In the last few months or whatever, they just care that I'm Asian, and they use this as an excuse to be blatantly racist towards me and other Asians, and just assume that we all have the virus, no matter what.
0: Does your family share this concern? Have they had any, uh, has anybody said anything, or have they experienced any of this related to the coronavirus?
1: I don't think my family has experienced any of this, but me and my brother have the same views. And my mom's is slightly different from ours. I told my family that I'm scared to go out because, you know, being Asian and going out at this time, at this point in time, is scary. But my mom's like, well, you can't just stay at home and just be scared all the time. And she's just like, oh, like, if you go out, you have to be smart about it. I was like, okay, but how am I going to be smart about it if someone's trying to kill me because I'm Asian? I understand that I can't just stay home and be scared all the time. But at a time like this, you never know what's going to happen I think you just have to be a little more careful. I'm like, of course, I can't stay scared forever, but that's just what I have to do for now.
0: How did it make you feel when you saw the president in his briefings make a point out of calling this the Chinese virus?
1: It makes me extremely angry. (laughs) Calling this a Chinese virus, you are avoiding the social implications behind it. People are using the excuse to say, like, oh, you know, there was, like, called the Spanish flu or whatever. But because he's the president of the United States, you know, people look up to him. The way he's saying Chinese virus with this context encourages racism towards Asians. We're already being attacked just for the coronavirus just blowing up in China. And so with the president, someone well-known doing this, it just makes non-Asian citizens look at him and be like you know what if he's doing I can do I can say whatever I want to I can do whatever I want to and I think that just encourages even more.
0: On the other side of this have you Uh, had any experiences have people reached out to you to show the other side of humanity this the accepting and the more rational and the more compassionate side to you and your family?
1: I've had a couple friends reach out to me and just apologizing and just saying like I'm sorry you have to go through this it's just so messed up I really appreciate my friends reaching out to me and saying like you know what this like this is an awful situation like it is what it is but at the same time that's reality and like it could be me it could be one of my family members you know
0: if you don't have experiences with racism trying to understand the fear that it can instill in somebody it's it's hard to get people to understand that. What would you say to people who hear what the president says and, the, and they think those are just words, it's not a big deal. What would you say to people like that?
1: It's definitely hard for people to step into our shoes and be able to understand and realize what's going on, especially for um, people who don't know what it's like to be in a racial or ethnic group that's been oppressed for so long. But I would just say, you know, be more open-minded and realize what's coming out of these words you know there's so much social social implications that are behind the words chinese virus and so i think that more people should use their privilege to help others who don't have that privilege and i think the best thing that they can do is listen and support i think that's the best thing that people can do right now
0: as we go through this can you see anything that might come out of all of this that could be a positive result when we see the other side of COVID-19
1: to be honest with you it's very hard to say that I'll say I'll see anything positive out of this I think just as of right now I've been thinking very like a very pessimistic mindset but also realistic you know I don't well I don't want to be hopeful and then just have myself disappointed and so I try to just be realistic with myself and with others
0: in some ways, it's asking too much of a virus to, to help us get get rid of things that have been a problem in this country for a long time.
1: Yeah, it's just going to take, it's going to be a big step and it's going to take a lot of people to do that. It, like if only a few people, you know, have this empathy for others, but the country as a whole or the world as a whole doesn't change their mindset, you know, nothing's going to change.
0: At the end of all of this, will there be a sense of normalcy again, or or is that even hoping for too much?
1: I think the world is going to be very different when we come out of this. I really do hope for for just being back on campus sophomore year, but it won't be the same. It won't be the same. Um, I'm going to be really appreciative of everything that I have: healthy family, being able to go outside, you know, not having to worry about like social distancing or just being able to hug my friends again and just being able to be around my friends again and be in school and learn and see my professors and all my classmates again. Being in quarantine does definitely help you gain appreciation for the things that you took for granted before.
0: Well, I'm very grateful for you taking time to talk to me today. I, I really appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck as you fi- finish up your freshman year and, and going forward.
1: All right. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Voices of COVID-19 is an attempt to document the thoughts and feelings of people who are perhaps outside the limelight to get personal reflections on how a pandemic impacts all of our lives. Please subscribe to this podcast and join us for our next episode, where we'll hear from an emergency room doctor in Los Angeles about her experience on the front lines battling COVID-19 every day. If you know of someone who might make a good guest on this podcast, please send them to me at brian at Communications.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay separate. And we'll get through this together.